0: passage of scripture. It's a message I preached at Acts conference, uh, but I believe it's a prophetic message for us as a church. And so let's lean in this morning and let's take hold of everything that God wants to say. In 2 Kings chapter 3, there's a story we're going to be reading from. I'm going to be starting at verse 9. It says, so the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. There was three kings and they marched on that roundabout route seven days and there was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them, then the king of Israel said, "Alas, the Lord has killed, has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab." He's a little bit negative there. You know how many know some people who, who no matter what's going on, they always find the negative side. Uh, and here, the king of Israel just thought, "Oh, we're done, we're dusted." But in verse 11, it says, "But Jehoshaphat." said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we might inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat, by the way, Jehoshaphat's a great name. I don't know if anybody's pregnant and searching for a baby's name out there. I haven't heard of many Jehoshaphats out there. In fact, when I was named back in the day, there wasn't many Samuels out there. That's my full name, Samuel. Uh, you know, But now Samuel's really popular. Sam's really popular. Maybe you can make Jehoshaphat uh, a really popular name there, Jehoshaphat. And Joseph, uh, Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him, Japhat. He said, uh, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you. Nor see you. Now bring me a musician. Then it happened, <laughs> I had a musician say amen in the third row. Then it happened when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him and he said, Thus says the Lord, make a valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your armies may drink. And this, this is a simple thing. This is an easy thing in the sight of the Lord, and He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Now, if we're talking about capacity, one thing we've got to understand is God transcends capacity. Capacity is limited, but God is limitless. Capacity can be measured, but how many know you can't measure God? The question we've got to ask ourselves is, what is our capacity? Where are our limits? I believe in this last season, many people's limits have been tested. In fact, for some people, they've gone over the limits. And that's why they've erupted. That's why they've lost their cool. That's why they're overwhelmed in many spaces. Is because they haven't just hit the limit. They've gone over the limits. I like Proverbs 29 because Proverbs 29 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. In other words, adversity reveals your limitations. When the squeeze is on, what's in you comes out of you. If you're to squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice. If you're to squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. If you're to squeeze a pimple, What's in there comes out, Pus comes out. If you're to squeeze you when the pressure's on, what's on the inside of you, your capacity is revealed. And in this last season, you know, many of us would say, man, I'm at my capacity. Some of us would say, man, I've gone past that. You know, right now, we live in a world where there's immense need. The need is huge. We look around and we go, what can I do? It's like there's so much need out there that we can feel a little bit overwhelmed by it. I love a story in the Bible, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, 5,000 people weren't fed. Commentators would say 15 to 20,000 people were fed. 5,000 men, but it didn't include women and children. The disciples, they were overwhelmed by what Jesus told them to do because they were surrounded by this crowd and the t- disciples, they were hungry themselves. What happens when you're hungry yourself, but you can't even feed the You're hungry yourself, you have a need yourself, but you can't even focus on the need around you. The disciples, the Bible says, had been so busy in ministry that they hadn't had a chance to eat. They got in a boat to get some alone time with Jesus, only to get to the other side and find that they're surrounded by needs that they didn't anticipate on. And they said, hey, Jesus, we need to send the crowd away. But Jesus looked at them and said, you give them something to eat. They looked around and there was only a little boy with a lunch there. He had five loaves and two fish. By the way, that's a pretty big lunch for a little boy. I only had two sandwiches growing up. But those five loaves and two fish were were nowhere near the need that was present. And they were overwhelmed. And they were saying, if we're to do that, that would cost more than a year's wage. They were trying to figure it all out. But here's the deal. If you've figured it all out, you've factored God out of the equation. And God wants to overwhelm us with the need that's right in front of us. How many ever spilled sugar in the pantry before? In the cupboard? Man, that's an overwhelming task, cleaning that up. Because it goes everywhere. That means you've got to pull everything out, you've got to wipe it down, and you've got to put everything back in. How many know sometimes it's easier just to close the door and walk away and leave it to somebody else? I remember one time being on a long-haul fight, and I just had dinner. And I went to sleep and I woke up wanting to throw up because it was turbulent. I ran to the back of the plane and thank goodness there was no line because there's always a line. I opened the cubicle door and I didn't even make the bowl. I just spewed up all over that cubicle, covered that whole cubicle. How many know the temptation right there was to close the door and walk away (laughs) and leave it to someone else? And let's face it, that's what many of us do. We just leave it to somebody else. But the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which is recorded in all four Gospels, by the way, is one of the only miracles that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's important because God, first, He overwhelms them with the need that's in front of them. But secondly, He overwhelms them with his capacity, His capacity to meet that need with what's in their hand. One thing I found about God is God loves to fill empty spaces. God loves to satisfy hunger. We serve a God who's a gap filler. The gap between your extremity, your stretch, and the opportunity. How many know there's a gap always there? He loves to fill that space. Right now, you may want to put your phone down or whatever. But what I want you to do is just stretch as high as you can go. Right now, just, just every hand in the air, stretch as high as you can go. Okay, on the count of three, I want you to give me two inches. One, two, three, go. Wow, the whole room lifted. You can put your hands down. I thought you went as high as you could go. But you found two extra inches that you didn't know that you had. And some of us right now, we're limiting God to what we can do. But there should always be gaps between our limitation and our vision. Some of us have brought our vision down to our ability, but there should always be a gap between our limitations and our vision. See, anywhere you want God to be, there has to be a space. And some of you aren't finding God working in your life because there's no space for Him to work. Let's face it, a lot of us are afraid of gaps. That's why we talk too much. It's like, oh, the awkward space. There's a space right there. And that's why we say things that we shouldn't say. We say, it, and we find it coming out of our mouth because we, we've got to fill those awkward spaces. How, how many of those spaces can be awkward? And spaces sometimes can be a little bit frustrating and disappointing. It's like, it's so important that we acknowledge there's gaps. Welcome to Equippers Church. We've got a whole lot of gaps. <laughs> Welcome to Equippers Church. We're spread out and we've got a whole lot of spaces. But we can't be afraid of those spaces because God wants to fill those gaps. God's a gap-filling God. Now, I like this story in 2 Kings chapter 3. It talks about three kings. King Jehoshaphat, he was respected. He was a king of Judah. But then you got King Jehoram. Jehoram, he was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. You know, Jezebel, that nasty woman in the Bible? Yeah, this is a, he's a lineage. He comes off the back of nine evil kings. So he's not a, a good dude. And then you've got the king of Edom there. Now, they had nothing in common except that they had a common enemy. It's funny what brings people together today. How many know hard times can bring people together? Some people's relationships are formed of what, over what they don't like. That's a dangerous foundation for any relationship. That relationship won't last. You know, how many know hard times will cause you to relate to different people maybe you wouldn't relate to? To live by feelings is the luxury of good times. To live by feelings is the luxury of good times. I was in Slovakia recently, and Slovakia borders the Ukraine. How many know Ukrainians right now don't have the luxury of living by, good, by their feelings? There's some things they just have to do. It's like they don't, the decision-making side of things is easy because they don't have the luxury of good times. We in New Zealand, we take the, the, the freedom that we have for granted. We uh, take for granted in a lot of places the world, and we think, oh, well, you know, I'll just live by my feelings. When trouble comes, you don't have a choice. Uh, here what happens is they're going to war with Moab, and, and what happens is they decide they're going to attack from the south, but what that meant is they were going to have to walk through a desert for seven days, They're going to have to walk through this desert for seven days. They're trying to get to the right place to launch the attack. But while they're walking through the desert, what happens is they run out of water. The three kings, their army, and their animals. And they're trying to get somewhere. And let's face it, all of us are right now trying to get somewhere. We've got a place that we want to get to. But what happens when you're trying to get somewhere and you run out of water? Some of you know this from the last season. So I'm trying to get somewhere, but I've just ran out of energy. I can't be bothered. I've run out of faith. I've run out of desire. I'm dry. I'm tired. And I'm in a desert right now. I feel like I'm in a desert and I've got no water. But this thirst, what it did, though in this desert with no water, this thirst led them to Elisha. It drove them to Elisha. And I want to encourage you today, just because you've run out of water, it doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It doesn't mean you're not going to see that vision fulfilled. Just because you feel a little bit dry and tired, come on, God has a way where it looks like there's no way. You may have run out of help. You may have run out of energy. You may have run out of joy. But I want to say that don't give up. Some of you felt like giving up. I want to say there's water on the way. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's water on the way. There's water on the way. But here's the thing. The only problem is you can't get there without God. And i found sometimes God will anoint Moabites or He'll use COVID to show, there, show you that you can't get there without Him. Come on, how many know success without God is not Success. Success without God at the center of everything you're doing. If your dreams were fulfilled right now and God wasn't in the middle of those dreams, you're brought into a illusion. Because success without God is not success. And so here what happens in the story is they come to Elisha. And, and Jehoram didn't believe Elisha could help. Now we're going to watch out for the Jehorams in our world because Jehoram, he's a player. He's a player. You know, he was playing the game. You know, if, if Yahweh could get him somewhere, you know, I'll speak the name Yahweh long as my needs were met. But if the calves, you know, that I have over here, the idolatry over here worked, I'll use that. I'll use Whatever. In fact, what he did was he'd try and win the hearts of the people. And so he'd use the calves and then he'll flip between the two. It was just like, hey, whatever works, whatever I can get favor with people with, you know, I'm going to use. And he played for the hearts of the people. I want to say we live in a time right now where we've got to watch out for a player spirit. What a player spirit does is it divides people. Put it's people on one side and, and it works, it works it. Yeah, you know, it's a manipulative spirit, it's a spirit that tries to divide people. I want to say in the church right now, division is our greatest enemy. Yeah, you know, division in the world, man, that's a business. Yeah, you, know, you think about how much money is made out of division. Just even look at talkback radio, somebody shares an opinion. And you get mad at that. And the more controversial the opinion, you know, they know controversy sells. And and so they're gonna have somebody ringing up and go, no, there's a load of rubbish. Next minute, the phone lines are going hot. More people are tuning in. More people are listening to the adverts. More money has been made. Come on, that's how it works. In fact, you know, a lot of people are making a lot of money uh, out of making people mad at one another. That happens. In fact, commerce in a lot of places, control and manipulation are at the heart of it. At the heart. And division in a lot of places is our greatest enemy. Come on, we're, we've got to be thankful in this moment that we're part of a community, and I pray this continues. You know, We're part of a community that keeps the main thing the main thing. The enemy right now wants many people you know, off in a sideshow. That takes their focus away from the very thing that God's called them to. And I believe as a church, we need to keep focused on the main thing. Come on, we're here to win our city. We're here to reach people who don't know Jesus. Do I get an amen there? Come on, uh, we're we're here that his kingdom may come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and I love Elisha because he recognizes the spirit straight away. And he says, I wouldn't even look at you if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat, he was without God. Jehoshaphat, he had a sincere heart. And I wanna say, sincerity trumps manipulation all the time. And i found people have the ability to tell whether you're being authentic or not. See, there's many people, he even can come into church and it's all all about their need rather than about worshiping Jesus, sometimes people will settle up to you. You may have a sincere heart and they'll settle up to you because of the favor on your life. And in the end, they they like what you represent more than they like you. They're not really for you. They just like what you represent. And so when they don't get what they think they can get or they get what they want, they leave you. We've got to really be careful of this player spirit because a lot of us come into church and we just play the game of church. And, and in reality, in a lot of places, we're using God to accomplish our victory. Long as I have my needs met, long as the church meets my needs, you know, and it's like, long as I can get what I want, I'm here rather than seeking out what God wants. I found manipulation will only carry you so far. And Elisha was like, if you think you can manipulate God, you're crazy. If you think, you know, God sees us. And he's like, Jehoram, get out of my face. The only reason I'm here is because of Jehoshaphat. And it's the people who don't have a relationship with God, but want use to use God, they're the ones who are in trouble. Yeah, you know, so many people just come to church because they're in a crisis. In fact, a lot of people today, right around the world, wouldn't be in church if they didn't have enough need to keep them in church. See, a lot of problem in a lot of places is we want the works of God, but we don't understand the ways of God. God's works is what He does, and I preached this a few weeks back. God's ways. Reveal who he is. So many people want the works, but they don't understand the ways. It's like, yeah, I want to hear a good message. I don't want God to invade my space today. I, I want God to make me feel good about my dysfunction. I, I want God in a lot of places just to come and stamp, put a stamp on it and endorse my disobedience. I don't really want him to get up in my business. I I want a motivational, inspirational word that will carry me through the week, but but I don't want him to adjust anything. I want him like Naaman who had leprosy. I want him to just wave his hand over it and clear that disease. But I don't wanna have to dip in the Jordan seven times. I I want the graves of the promised land, but I still wanna live in Egypt. I want to find my life, what life's all about, but I don't want to have to lose my life and give it over to God. I want to have an impact in the world, but I don't want to leave home. I I just want to stay here. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the discrepancy there. But one thing I found is game knows game. Game, if you've got game, game knows game. You know it, you see the, in, in, oh, I won't even try and pronounce that word. You see the little things. And on the surface, a pro makes it look easy. But you understand what's gone into that. Real knows real, sincere knows sincere. And Elisha recognized it. And he goes, I'm not gonna put up with this. I'm not even gonna look at you. Because I don't have time for somebody who's trying to work me. And Elisha goes out to the king and he says, I don't even want to look at you. How many know those kings have the power to take his life? But he says, but because of Jehoshaphat, I'm going to have a conversation. I I, I believe this speaks to the power of one righteous person. I wonder if there's a Jehoshaphat in the room today. One, One person who's sincere in their desire. One person who really wants to see God work and is pursuing the things of God say so they annoyed elisha and i 'm sure you 've got people in your world right now who are annoying you but here 's a comforting thought is elisha could be annoyed and anointed he could be annoyed. <laughs> Anybody been annoyed over recent times? Anybody own that? Come on. I know there's a few more people who could. Some of you need to lift both hands and both feet on that one. It's like, I've been annoyed. Here's the deal. You can be annoyed and anointed. But Elisha recognized for him to be anointed, he goes, send me a musician. Send me a musician. Because if I'm to be anointed, I need to change this atmosphere. Some of us right now, we stay annoyed. Some of the biggest mistakes I've made is when I've made decisions when I'm annoyed and frustrated. What I need is a musician so the atmosphere around my life can change and I can access, I can hear the word of the Lord. See, if I'm going to get God to come into a space, he's not going to come into a space that's filled with aggravation and frustration. He's not going to come into that space. That's why I've got to turn on some worship music. That's why I've got to come early to church because i got to get God in the space. It's amazing. You can preach the same word one place and the same word in a different place. One person gets a whole lot. Man, I heard God. Another person gets nothing. Simply because one person created an atmosphere for them to be able to receive the Word of God, they had a hunger and they had a desire. And the other person goes, well, I just need a motivational message. And it didn't really bring any change. But music, music, the the world knows the power of it, has the ability to create an atmosphere where you, you can speak, that's why, don't be late on Sunday. So, man, these worship moments, the praise, it opens your spirit so that you can re- receive the word of God. Come on, he dwells in the praises of his people. And what music does is it creates an atmosphere. You know, there's a whole group of people who don't think music's important. I just want the word. Well, the word can only function if there's an atmosphere created for that word, a context for that word to come into Now, if we understand the story, the three armies are about to fight. They're desperate. But what happens when you need a word, but you can't create an atmosphere? There's no space for God to move. I believe we need to develop in our lives where no matter what situation we're in, we learn how to create a space, whether it be in our car, whether it be in our home, Come on, some of your homes are full of contention. You wonder why you're arguing all all the time. Yeah, That spirit can come in and you start arguing over stupid stuff. Put on worship at, at music. It's amazing how that will change the atmosphere of a space and we need to learn to dig it. But there's some people in our life, we've got to understand who are blessed by default. They contribute nothing to their atmosphere, but they're benefiting from it. Some of you this morning contributed nothing to this atmosphere. I just want to say, but you're benefiting from it. Noah's kids were saved because of Noah. Yeah, you here know, here the other two kings, Jehoshaphat was the cup and his cup ran over. The king of Edom and Jehoram, they were the saucer. Some of you being the saucer for too long, you need to be the cup. And it's because an atmosphere was created, the prophetic word came through. And we've got to be good at this. Okay, and here's the word I want to land on. Because I believe this is important for each and every one of us. The prophet bought this word and he said, Dig ditches in your valley. Dig ditches in your valley. Just turn to your neighbor quickly and say, Dig ditches. Dig ditches in your valley. Some of you go, wait a minute, God, I'm not looking for more work. I want answers. I came for water, not work. But water actually requires work. Come on, imagine right now telling the people who have been walking through a desert for seven days, seven days without water, dig a ditch. They'll be going like, what? But not only that, dig a ditch in your valley. God says, dig ditches. But I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm faint. I'm burnt out right now. This is the wrong time. If you came to me five days earlier, yeah, maybe it would have been better. But I'm too faint to dig right now. But what you got to understand, to dig a ditch is to create space. To dig a ditch is to create capacity. God, how much water are you going to send? Or how much ditch are you going to dig? Because you're going to run out of ditch before I run out of water. And according to your capacity, according to your capacity, I'm going to bless you. How much dig? How much ditch can you dig? Because whatever you dig, he will fill. Come on, don't blame it on somebody else if you have a little water. Don't blame it on somebody else. God's saying, "I I respond to you. How I respond to you is up to you. I'm a God who responds to capacity. Get this God had more breath than Adam had lungs. You know, if he kept on breathing, he would have exploded. And God works according to our capacity. And I feel like God right now is saying to equip His church, come on, I wanna expand your capacity. I I wanna increase your capacity to be able to receive from me. For that to happen in a lot of places, some of us need to get around people who have got a greater measure, a bigger capacity. Don't get jealous of people like that they had the faith to believe on a level that you haven't experienced yet. And they have the ability to lengthen your cords and to strengthen your straight, stakes. Th- stretch. Dig ditches in a valley. That, that's a little bit crazy because that's digging a hole in a hole. Digging ditches in a valley? The valley is a riverbed Anyway. But I believe what God's saying is your capacity isn't big enough for what God wants to release. Dig a ditch in a valley. See see what ditches are, they hunt holes. Holes, they contain something. Ditches are channels. Some of us right now are in a hole. And the first law of holes, if you're in a hole, stop digging. And the second law of holes is don't invite your friend in. Because two can dig faster than one. As as a hole, a hole is to contain something. But a ditch is to channel, to be a conduit. And, And God's saying, come on, I want you to dig ditches and valleys. You know, already you got the capacity of a valley. But God's saying, hey, you need to dig a ditch in that valley. Because if you create the capacity, I'll come and fill their space. That's why I feel like God's saying, come on, go out east, go out west. Come on, stretch out, stretch out. If you create the capacity, I'll come and fill their space. But for God to fill that space, we can't leave it up to one or two people to dig ditches. We need to dig our own ditch. Turn to your neighbor and say, dig your own ditch. Some of you are thinking of another word when I say ditch. <laughs> but, but God's saying, come on, enlarge. Enlarge. In fact, a widow in chapter six, she was on the brink of death and she was instructed by the prophet to gather as many vessels as she could. Gather as many vessels as you can. could. Even borrow them if you need to. She borrowed as many, a whole lot of vessels. And here's the deal the oil only ran out when the vessels ran out. The oil kept on flowing, and there was capacity. God won't stop until your hunger and thirst stop. That, that's why we're in some places, hey, I don't have the capacity, I just got to borrow some capacity. I'm going to borrow some capacity because I want God to come and do a miracle. Come on, I believe God right now is saying, dig a ditch in your low place. Dig a ditch in your dry place. Dig a a ditch even though your emotions may be fried right at this time. If you create the capacity, if you create the space, God will come and fill that space. See, it's in your valley. Faith is proven. I said at the start, vision is critical to life. If I was to take you up on a hill, You get vision. On a hill, you can see past things. But that's natural vision. I challenge to say supernatural vision is discovered in a valley, it's discovered in a place where everybody's just looking at the situation and the circumstance. Ezekiel, what do you see? I see a whole lot of dry bones. That's what, that's what I see. But God unlocked His vision where He could see an army out of those dry bones. Some of us right now, we're looking at situations and circumstances and we're just seeing what the natural thing presents itself to us. But God wants to open our eyes where we can see an army coming from a valley of dry bones. That's supernatural vision. I found sometimes as a leader, sometimes I'm wanting more for people than they want for themselves. Yeah, I can pray for you, but there's got to come a point in your life where you dig your own ditch. I found in some places my helping wasn't helping. I just feel like God's stirring in the, in, the, in the spirit. Some of you are in a valley right now and God's saying, dig a ditch. Go deeper. Go deeper. Because you'll see what I can do. Get this, Elisha. Elisha says, there'll be no wind. There'll be no sign of rain. The clouds won't gather together. It will look like it won't happen. In other words, you won't see this coming. What is going to come to you is supernatural. I don't know if they dug until they hit something, or I don't know if they dug and God put something there. But one thing I know is it it didn't come down. There was no rain. It came up. It came up out of nowhere. There was no sign. There was no wind. There was no rain. But the water came and filled those valleys. I believe in this next season, and I'm prophesying right now, you're going to see stuff turn up out of nowhere. There's going to be no sign, but because you dug that ditch, God's going to come in and fill that space in Jesus' name. Come on, is there any people with faith in the room? No wind, no rain, but there's water. And Elisha says, get this, this is a simple thing. This is a small matter. Yeah, we've exaggerated in our mind, but God's saying, hey, this is easy. I'm going to do this. Now, what happens, just to finish with, is the king of Moab awakes and he sees this water. But it's early morning and the sun's on the water and it looks like there's a pool of blood. So he thinks to himself, oh, they've turned on one another and they're killing one another. This is a great time to attack. Look, and he mobilizes the army to go after the three kings, thinking, man, they're at their weakest point. But what he finds is an army that's been refreshed, an army that's accessed water. See, the enemy's gonna come at you, and this is not a time to be tired. I believe if you dig a ditch, God will fill that ditch, and there's a refreshing there. Come on, there's a refreshing, there's energy there. There's faith there. There's renewed vision there. And what the enemy found in this situation was an army that was just ready. And it was refreshed. And in the end, Moab was defeated. And it was because they dug ditches in their valley. There's water if you dig a ditch. And I want to say, digging a ditch—that's supernatural war. It's spiritual warfare. It's what is it to dig a ditch in your valley? That's to double down on your conviction. Say like I'm in a hole, but I believe it so much, I'm going to even—I'm prepared to go deeper. I'm prepared to go deeper into this. I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to scale back. I'm going to go deeper. And in this time, you know, some of you have faced challenges. Some of you had some knocks. This is not a time to scale back, shrink back. This is a time to go deeper in our relationship with God because I believe God's going to fill every vacant space in Jesus' name. Dig ditches in your valley. Come on, if you believe that. Come on, how about giving God a big clap of praise right now?